we're glad to be sharing the ministry of Redemption Church with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. We're glad everybody's here. Welcome to Redemption Church in Plano, Texas. My name is Chris Fluitt, and I am one proud pastor. I am so happy that y'all showed up today. There is some kind of football game going on, and y'all still came to the house of the God. Don't get up and leave. I promise to preach quick enough that you will see this game. You'll get to see our Cowboys triumph in victory, hopefully. All right, I'll be mindful of your time, I promise you. Can you keep a secret? Look, somebody say that. Can you keep a secret? We're in the third week of this series, Can You Keep a Secret? In Matthew chapter 6, if you got your Bibles today, go ahead and turn there because that's where we are going to be preaching. In Matthew 6, right in the middle of the most famous sermon ever, it's called the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talks about secrets. While you're reading through that, it just jumps out to you. Secret, secret, secret. Three times in Matthew 6, Jesus directly speaks about things done in secret. Today, I want you to turn to Matthew 6, verse 16 through 18, where Jesus instructs us to fast in secret. Let's read it together. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others how they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your father who is unseen and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Who's thankful for the word of God today? Are you thankful for it? Real quick, what is a fast? We got to start there. What is a fast? Really quick, fast means to abstain from nourishment. That could be food, that could be drink, all right? There's other types of fasts that someone could do, but biblically, when you were talking about the word for fasting, it means to abstain from eating. It's abstaining from bringing things that would nourish you, that would feed you, that would give you energy, abstaining from those things. It's used 21 times in the Old Testament at Sum. It's used 21 times in the New Testament as Nesteo. Fasting means to do without the things that nourish your body. Everybody say your body. Fasting is a spiritual act exercise. Your body is a physical being. You agree with that? Fasting is a spiritual exercise, and it intersects with a natural condition. Everyone say, see, intersection. We have got an intersection of the spiritual and the physical. It is all too easy for our spirituality to only exist in an ethereal and intangible state. For many, their Christian faith may not exist beyond words that came out of their mouth. And when your words come out of your mouth, it's like, if you could see, they're like sound waves. And they just dissipate and they refract and they go off into the ether where they are never sensed again. For so many people, that is their Christian life. It's just something they said and that's all it is. It's something physical and it dissipates over time. Christ would not have us live that way. Christ would have us not just experience something physical, but for us to experience something spiritual. Our Christian life must be both spiritual and physical. Why? Because our Christ 
is both spiritual and physical. Do you know that Christ is God? Does that sound spiritual to you? But do you also know that Christ is a man? That's also physical. In fact, it's so important that you believe that Christ is a physical being. Paul says it really strongly. He says anyone who denies that Christ has come from the in the flesh is of the anti-Christ. To not believe in the physical power of the Messiah is not good. Also, to not understand the spiritual power of the Messiah. Both of those things are needed. We need an intersection of the physical and the spiritual. Your worship must be both spiritual and physical. Do you understand that? You can't just sit there and say, I'm spiritually worshiping. Oh, he's worshiping. No, he's not. He's waiting for a bus. Your worship, it needs to be spiritual, but it also needs to be physical. That is why it's not okay for you to just sit in a worship service. It's not enough for you to just sit in a church. Do you understand that? You've heard it said before. Sitting in a church doesn't necessarily make you a Christian. Just like sitting in a garage doesn't necessarily make you a car. Anybody heard that before? That it's not okay for you to just sit physically in a church. You need to spiritually take part. You must take part in the physical. And when you do, I promise you, you will experience something in the spiritual. Do you understand that? When you just lift up physical hands of praise, I'm telling you, you will experience a spiritual power of God. When you begin to worship him and clap your hands, that's just a physical act. But it intersects with something spiritual. And when you do that, you get a hold of something that is powerful. Anybody know what I'm talking about? For, For hours, I was sitting writing this sermon Natural, physical, right? Clickety-clack on, on, a, on, a, on a keyboard, right? But I believe the effort I made in the physical, it, it doesn't count for much. But when it intersects with the spiritual, that's where lives are changed. That's where chains fell off. That's where people are set free. That's where people are born again. There is no telling what would happen today if you would allow your physical to intersect with the spiritual power of God what you offer to God in the physical is actually spiritual it becomes spiritual when you offer it to him Jesus teaches the same concept when he talks about your treasure and your heart somebody say treasure somebody say your heart that ought to make you think about a verse somebody shout out that verse can you quote it Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, right? Jesus tells us that our treasure and our heart occupy the same place. That's Matthew 6, verse 21. Your treasure is something physical, is it not? It's gold, it's dollar bills, it's Bitcoin. It's something physical, right? I've got these trading cards of, of sports figures, right? And they're, they're worth a little money. And I, I love to look at those things and think of, oh, the money. But they're a physical thing. It's a physical thing. 
They're so physical, I got to keep them in little sleeves to keep them safe because they're, they're physical, right? Your heart is that, we could talk about that being something physical, but, but Jesus is using it as something spiritual. Do you understand that? So what we have here is an intersection of something being physical and something being spiritual. And your treasure is the place where your heart is. That's the teaching of Jesus Christ. One chapter earlier in the sermon on the mount, he says this. Matthew chapter 5 verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Now wait. Hunger is what? It's physical. Right? Hunger and thirst, that's physical. Righteousness, what is that? That's spiritual. We see an intersection here. It's all over the Sermon on the Mount. He wants those people to do more than physically receive his message. He wants them to cross over and be born again. He wants them to cross over, not in a physical kingdom, but a spiritual kingdom of God. When you hunger and thirst, does that sound like fasting? Yeah, it is. When you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you shall be Jesus does not discount the spiritual nor the physical. Jesus instead teaches the power of bringing your natural into contact with his supernatural. Say amen if you believe that. So let me ask you this. Now, Jesus hasn't been discounting the physical or the spiritual, but have you? Have we been discounting the spiritual and the physical? Jesus, before we dismiss today, we want you to do something in our physical. And God, we want you to do something in our spiritual. Lord, let your physical, let our physical intersect with your Holy Spirit today. Somebody say amen if that's your prayer. In fasting, we have a physical condition, hunger and thirst. The physical inter intersects with the spiritual when we fast unto the Lord. When we fast with the right motive. When we fast with the right heart. Fasting is abstaining from being fed through our natural appetite. And in Matthew 6, 16, what does Jesus say? He says, when you fast. So if you've been around the last two weeks. Uh, what's my next sermon point? What is it? Not if, but when. That's it. That's it. Jesus teaches us in Matthew 6, when and not if. He says, when you give, not if you give. He says, when you pray, not if you pray. And here he says, when you fast, not if you fast. Can I tell you today, Jesus expects his followers to fast. It's absolutely true. And so let that check you in your heart today. We're not here to make you feel guilty, but we're here to let the teaching of Jesus impact our life. So if Jesus wants you to fast, maybe that's something you need to look into. Maybe you should ask your pastor about that. Maybe you should come to a connect group this week. We're starting back this week. Maybe you should say, hey guys, does anybody have any information on that? What Have you ever done that? Let Do a, do a fact-finding mission. Here's a clue. Don't get on Google to do the fact-finding mission. Do it within the body of Christ. I guarantee you that would be a mo' better thing. Somebody say mo' better. Mo better. Jesus expects his followers to fast. 
those that believe in Jesus and hold on to his teachings, fasting should be one of those things that they do. In scripture, in scripture we have many examples of fasting. When you, you that are doing your, your, your yearly reading and you're, you're in your Bible and maybe you're in Deuteronomy right now, maybe you're somewhere in there, listen, as you're reading, pay attention to fasting because kings fast. We're talking about kings, they put on sackcloth, they put on ashes, they bowed themselves to God and they began to pray and fast. There's one of the most evil kings, his name is Ahab. Somebody say Ahab. Ahab. Ahab does a lot of things wrong. Ahab is about to be struck dead by the Lord, but then God says, whoa, whoa, whoa. Somebody say, whoa. Whoa. There's two kinds of woe. There's a bad woe Jesus talks about, but there's also a wow kind of woe that, that Ahab does something that gets God's attention. And God speaks to Elijah the prophet and says, look at my servant Ahab. Ahab's no kind of servant. But this isn't even my notes. Listen, Ahab, Ahab got God's attention. Now, this is a guy who's pagan. This is a guy who does all kinds of bad stuff. This is a guy who has killed people in bad ways. There's a lot of reasons to not like Ahab. But he does something that gets the attention of God in heaven. What do you think it is? What do you think it is? What do you think it is? He fasts. He fasts and prays to God. And God says, you know what? I was about to destroy you. And this is what God does. He says, I'm going to put it off a little bit. That destruction is actually not going to come in your lifetime. That destruction is going to come later. What changed the timeline? Do you understand your fasting can change the timeline? Do you know that your fasting can change a nation? Do you know that your fasting can change a kingdom? Do you know that your fasting, you think that's impressive? Here's the next one. Your fasting can change God's heart toward you. Your fasting can change God's woe towards you. He went from woe, I'm about to hit this guy, W-O-E, woe unto you, Ahab. He went to a woe, to a to a Joey Lawrence woe from Blossom. That is so dated. I'm so, somebody, does anybody remember that one? Whoa. All right. That, that's the kind of woe. God, God went from I'm going to destroy you woe to a wow kind of woe. And what brought out the change? It was the fasting. Would you like to make God go wow one day? Your fasting and your prayer and your worship may already be doing it. Isn't that good to know? My goodness. All right. Ooh. We, that was kings, right? I'll move on. Priests. Priests fast. In fact, every day of atonement, they, they call it uh, Yom Kippur. It, it is included in it, the fasting, the humbling of themselves towards God. Individuals fasted. Prophets fasted. Entire nations fasted. Jonah came to those people, and again, he said, woe unto you, you're about to be killed. But those no good pagans began to pray and fast. And God took away the destruction that was going to hit them, an entire nation. Guess what? Do we see Jesus fast? Yes. Do we see his disciples fast? Yes, we do. In the book of Acts, it shows up repeatedly. Lives were changed when people would fast in the book of Acts. You, who knows who Paul and Barnabas is? You ever hear about Paul? Does anyone know what a missionary is? 
the first missionaries that ever lived were Paul and Barnabas. And God, they were worshiping and fasting. Read it. I believe it's, it's Acts chapter 13. They're worshiping and fasting. And suddenly the Holy Spirit spoke in the middle of their meeting. Does, does the Holy Spirit still have a permission to talk like that? I'm telling you that the Holy Spirit could interrupt the entire service and the Lord speak. He could speak through prophecy. He could speak through something like interpretation. He could speak through things that, that, that blow you away. If not, send an angel. He can do all of those things. But in the middle of that thing, God, his Holy Spirit says, set aside for me these two men because I'm going to use them. That was Paul and Barnabas. And you know how they responded to that? The whole church started to now fast over Paul and Barnabas. You see, fasting moved the, the arm of God to move and the mouth of God to move and say, I'm going to use these two people. And then the church responded by fasting all the more. Now we're going to fast for their, for their trip. Now we're going to fast for the work that they're doing. I'm telling you, we have missionaries. Somebody ought to be fasting for them. Somebody ought to be praying for the Hadabas in Lebanon. Somebody ought to be fasting for our friends in Russia. Somebody be fasting for the Ukraine village that we minister to. We see Jesus fast. We see his disciples fast. But we don't see very many in Christianity today fast. Let's fill that for a moment. We see people fast individually. We see people fast corporately in Scripture. Those are both biblical ideas. Back to verse 16 of Matthew 6. When you fast, do not. Now he's giving us a negative command. He's, he's going to teach us to fast, but right now he's telling you don't do this. Somebody say don't do this. Do not look somber as the hypocrites do. For they disfigure their faces. That sounds like a real severe uh, way to say that. Have you ever seen someone with a dis... Like they disfigure their face with... Not, not like they're disfigured, but they're like contorted. So they are so sad looking. Right? Why do they do it? To show others that they are fasting. Truly I tell you, they have received the reward in full. What is Jesus saying here? Do not fast show being seen is operating in the physical now wait listen because the power of fasting is when you make your physical intersect with the spiritual but i'm telling you right now if you are fasting for the wrong reasons you are not intersecting with the spiritual you just got a double dose of physical you got a double dose of vanity and a double dose of pride, and a double dose of the wrong motivation. And you know what? There's no reward in that. There's no power in that. It's just a bunch more physical. It's just hunger plus pride. Hunger plus pride gets you nothing. Hunger plus humility. God, I'm so empty. Will you fill me? That'll get you filled. Thirst plus pride doesn't get you anything. Thirst that says, God, if you could get me some of that living water so that I would never thirst again. Oh, we know in Bible that, that that makes all the difference. That made the difference in an entire city called Samaria one day. Oh, my goodness. Being seen, it's operating in the physical. We want something more than the physical. When you come to church, you need to want something more than the physical. I'll shake your hand. 
I'll pat you on the back if you want. I'll go there, there. That's a good, sweet little child of God right there. That's one of his sweet little precious lambs. I'll just, I'll do that if you want. But you need to want more than that. We have, we have things in churches called potlucks. And it's so good that people come. But if they only come for the potluck, that's not good enough. You've got to come for more than cornbread and gravy. You've you got to come more than for the physical. We want more than that today, Lord. We want the invisible, supernatural power that is found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you fast for a show, you will never intersect with the spiritual. You will only receive a miserly, cheap, and ineffective physical reward. That's what Jesus is saying. He's, in fact, he's saying if you just want to be seen, that's the only reward you're going to get. Can somebody say that's not good enough? In this case, there were people who were trying to look somber and troubled so that other people would think they're spiritual. That is false. That is, uh, what is what, when you fake something, what's that called? Hypocrisy or a fabrication or, you know, it's, it's a lie. Look, well, I want to just look, there, there are too many Christians that just want to look spiritual. We need to do more than look the part. We actually need to be spiritual. We need to do more than look the part of a Christian. It's so easy to get the bumper sticker and the t-shirt and, and, the, and the bracelet. That is so easy to do. It's the, when, you, when you intersect with his spiritual and he transforms you. That's what's not easy. That's what's a miracle about it all. That is something only God can do. And that's a better reward than what the person next to you thinks about you. Any day of the week. Jesus says, do not do this. But then he turns it around, verse 17. Now he's instructing us how to do it. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face. So to, to get, just get this clear, if you're like, what is that about? What's that? Here's what Jesus is saying. Appear like one who's not fasting. If you're hungry, try not to look hungry. If you're miserable, try not to look miserable. Don't go around like those things. He's even saying this, clean yourself up. Clean up. Wash your face, he says. Wash your face. Some mother just got, felt that in the spirit. They're going to tell their children, Jesus told you to wash your face. Now you get in there right now and brush your teeth while you're at it. Go ahead, moms. Go ahead. Do not put your fasting on display for others because that gets you stuck in the more physical. All right, verse 18, look, moving on. So that, now this is a continuation of this sentence. So that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting. You don't want it to be obvious to others that you're fasting. This is, gosh, this is one of these things right here that I, I, I struggle with working in churches because we would like it to be obvious to the world that we're spiritual people. But we get the total wrong idea about how to do that, don't we? Yeah, you, Jesus wants us to do th this way. Let your good works shine before all men so that they will see your works 
and then glorify you, your denomination, your church, your pastor. No, so that they will see your good works and glorify God in heaven. Listen, what needs to be obvious to the world is that we have a God who's worthy of all the praise. He's worthy of it all. That's what ought to be obvious. What ought to be obvious is that I am a knucklehead, but God's grace is so wonderful towards me. And it will be wonderful towards you as well. So that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting. Then he says, but only to your father who is unseen. Who who remembers that God is unseen? God's invisible, y'all. He can't be seen. And your father, who is unseen, guess what? He sees what is done in secret, and he will reward you. There is a there is a reward in doing what Jesus says with the heart that Jesus says to do it. There is a reward when he tells you to pray, and you pray with the right heart. There's a reward in that. There is a reward when you give, and you give with the right heart. There is a reward when you fast, and you fast with the right heart. You fast, you pray, and you give for an audience of one so that the Father would see it. Lord, let it be done for you. Next time you worship, we're going to be worshiping in a few moments. Why don't you just do something and say, I don't, this is not for you. They can just stare at me if they want, but God, this is for you, Father. This worship is for you, and this heart is for you, these tears are for you. This smile is for you. This joy, this pep in my step, God, it is for you. Jesus says, don't do it to be seen by people. Your father sees what is done in secret and he will reward you. So I got to ask you today, can you keep a secret? Will you fast in secret? Will you make an effort in the physical to intersect with the spiritual. I'm going to ask that again. Will you make an effort in the physical? You see, your, your effort's not in the spiritual. I don't know how to effort in the spiritual. But I know how to effort in the physical. And God can take what I do in the physical and it will become something spiritual. Will you do that today? As our worship team comes to lead us. I want you to make up your mind that you're going to intersect with the spiritual power of God today. Fasting has a lot to do with appetite. As I close, I want to tell you this. Anybody got an appetite for something? Sometimes I just, I I do something stupid, like I mentioned food during my sermon, because I'm always thinking about food, y'all. Cornbread and gravy, I said a while ago. I felt the Lord in that. I like... I got an appetite for things. I've been thinking about going to watch a football game after church and what am I going to eat. I hope the Cowboys do well, but really, let's talk what business. What am I going to eat? I got an appetite. What is your spiritual appetite like? Are you hungry and thirsty for the word of God, for the truth of God, for the relationship with God? Do you want that? Oh, when you, when you have an appetite, it's all you can see. Right? Every commercial suddenly is food, right? It's an appetite. Could you be that way with Jesus? 
where everything around you suddenly all points to, yeah, that's right, Jesus, that's an area I need you. Yes, Jesus, I should reach out to you. And God, I'm thankful for this. I love Christians that every blessing they just start to worship God over. I've been with some Christians, they find a a parking place at the beginning, uh, at the front of a Walmart, and they go, thank you, Jesus, for this parking place. They're just worshiping him. Every, everything they see just points them to this appetite of being thankful. Can you get that appetite in you today? If you lack an appetite, it might be because you're feasting on other things. Your mom told you, don't eat those cookies. You'll spoil your, your dinner. You'll spoil your appetite, right? If, you, if your appetite is lacking, could it be because you are feasting on other things? Things. Let me tell you real quick. Have you been feasting on entertainment? You've been feasting on Netflix. Is that like it for you? You come home after work and that's like really all you do then. Can I just tell you try fasting in that area? I'm not telling you to cancel your Netflix subscription. I'm not telling you. But could you try to work on your appetite towards something spiritual And do it by saying no to something in the physical. Have you been feasting on greed and materialism? Oh, I want that. Oh, I need that. They got a new phone. Oh, my gosh. I got to always have the newest phone. Oh, my goodness. I need new shoes. I need need a new thing. I I need more likes on my Instagram. I need. Can you get rid of that greed and materialism by fasting? Saying no those things in the physical so that you can intersect with his spiritual I believe this God is dealing with our hearts right now because this is totally where we're living God I give you permission right now to convict us over what we've been feasting on Lord turn our feasting to fasting in Jesus name in order to intersect with the spiritual you must humble the physical To make it yield to the things of God. That's really where fasting is all about. If you really want to understand fasting, it's what I just said. In order to intersect with the spiritual, you must humble the spiritual and make it yield to the things of God. You see, you can't pridefully, correctly fast. For more information about redemption, look us up online at redemption-church.com. We want to hear from you. So be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or even our anonymous question text line at 214-